This is Red Sox Review, and it starts right now. Here's your host, Cooper Boardman on WEEI. All right, go time. Red Sox Review. Six-game win streak gone. Red Sox fall 10-4 in Chicago as we welcome you back. Cooper Boardman here, Stiz inside the glass. 10-4 the final today as the Red Sox just never really got it off the ground. And, uh, hey, you know, it's been 10 days, 10 games, interrupted only by the All-Star break of, you know, what I I would say have have been Lamborghinis. Today was a clunker. Uh, That's going to happen. And for the first time all year, James Paxton appeared mortal. The offense didn't do a whole lot a night after six home runs. Also going to happen. And uh, we come into you here on a Saturday now at uh, just past or j- just around 5.30 p.m. with the Red Sox at 49 and 44. And uh, a chance with the series even to be more uh, to, to get the series win that is tomorrow. And I, I think that's where we start. We're about to hear from the manager of the Red Sox, Alex Cora, who who's standing by uh, in Chicago. I, I think. This is not a day to overreact about. This is not a day to to pound the drum and say this team's going to sell or, or anything like that. And we'll see what you have to say at 617-779-7937. 617-779-7937. Text line available as well at 37937. It's not a day to do any of that. But it is a day to understand that this can't happen again. And, and, you know, the reality is, is this is one of the only times all year where where you how you play day to day really does matter. You know, you lose three in May, you get swept by a bad team in April, uh, even June, you know, uh, you, you play well, or you play poorly. Not that it doesn't matter. Every little bit matters over 162. But we don't blow it up, or at least we try not to. Maybe you do. But we try not to blow it up to be much bigger than it is because we know it's a long, arduous road to get your way to the end of a Major League Baseball season, which is longer than time itself, it feels like sometimes. But within this 162-game odyssey, you get this three weeks, and it is a special little pocket. You know it, and I know it where the trade deadline takes over in every facet. And it feels like if you have a bad fourth inning, you're going to sell it. If you have a great sixth inning, you're going to buy. And the truth is, is it's not quite that. And, it, and certainly there are no teams that are operating quite that way. But it does mean that the good teams and the teams that are willing to buy are generally speaking, either teams that spent a zillion dollars before the season started, <laughs> the Padres, the Mets, teams like that. And they still might sell depending on how things work out that way. And the teams that are winning series and playing good baseball right now. And the truth is, aside from today, the Red Sox have been the best team in baseball over the last 10 games. They've won nine of their last 11, including today, six of their last seven, the six game win streak snap today. But you start to begin to have the buy sell conversation as soon as it happens tomorrow. And when I say it can't happen again, it's not that this team isn't good enough to win tomorrow. It's not that this team isn't good enough at all. This team is playing, again, uh, among the best teams in baseball over the last 10 to 15 to 20 days. It's about 
making sure that you take your first series tomorrow. You take two out of three against the Cubs. You take two out of three against the A's. And if you do that more often than not over the next couple of weeks, it's not a buy-sell conversation. It's not a conversation at all. This is a team that would be firmly in the buy conversation and firmly in a postseason conversation as well, especially the way the Blue Jays and the Yankees uh, and the Rays right now are playing in the American League. That's what that means. And so we'll see. Uh, but it certainly wasn't great today. Again, it's going to happen. You play wonderful baseball, maybe one of the best games of the year last night. And it's followed up today with, uh, I think, a, in a, a third inning that changed, the, the obviously, the complexion of this game. Uh, the home run off of James Paxton from Cody Bellinger for a grand slam. And, you know, again, it's going to happen. And uh, it certainly happened here today. Again, uh, 617-779-7937, text line at 37937. Uh, I got some things to say. We'll, we'll get into James Paxton's outing and, and some of the fastball usage and kind of the way the numbers shook out for him uh, today and, and, and kind of uh, get a better understanding of, of what exactly happened in that third inning because it's the first time we've seen him be anything but amazing this year. Uh, but I do want to get to Alex Cora, and uh, we'll go to that now. The, the manager of the Boston Red Sox following a 10-4 loss to the Cubs in Chicago, uh, standing by uh, at Wrigley Field. This means control, you know, the two walks and the hit-by-pitch. Um, you know, that doesn't happen very often, but you know, he's human like all of us, so you know, just a bad inning. Yeah, uh, 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 not just for him, right? Like, what, what did you see unfolding in that inning? Um, I mean... Base loaded, one ball. We die for it. We don't, you know, it's not a hit. Then we get the double play and we miss, uh, we miss, you know, the ball at the plate. You know, we get the double play. It's only one run, and then we're one pitch away from getting out of the inning. Was, you know, I, obviously like a tough short hop. He's going to his right. Uh, is it just a matter of like a cleaner throw, or do you want to see Rafi throwing somewhere else? No, we had we had the double play there. Yeah, we just didn't catch it. What made it difficult to get something sustained offensively today against Stroman? Um, I think we put good at bats. You know, it wasn't. I mean, like, he got the lead. He started throwing strikes, but I think we we did a good job controlling the zone. You know, uh, he was ahead 0-1. We got back to counts. There were a lot of three-two counts, but that's what he does. You know, uh, when you got the lead, you throw strikes, you get your ground balls, and you move on. You guys have been playing very efficiently, very clean. You know, Alex, it's one game. Yeah, you know, like it's one inning. You know, like uh, people make a big deal out of one game. You know, like we'll show up tomorrow and play good baseball. You know, we. We just didn't make one play today, and that was it. You know, we walked two, we hit one guy, we don't make a play, they score six. James, <clears throat> James looked really sharp the first two innings. Did that kind of make it surprising that he... Yeah, I mean, uh, it was similar to the Anaheim outing, right? Uh, kind of like lost command, and, and then the pitch, you know, uh, up in his own to Bellinger. Right now he's doing about well, you know, hit out of the ballpark. But uh, I think we, if we still make that play at, at the plate, man, it's, it might be a different story. It's two outs, you know, only one run. We're one pitch away from getting out of the inning. But it's going to happen, you know. Uh, Connor is being one of the best uh, defensive catchers in the big leagues, you know, and he's going to make mistakes just like us, and uh, we just got to be ready for tomorrow. So, Alex, you, you thought that was a play Connor could have made. It was more that he didn't catch it than Rafi's throw? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Was he trying to just pull I, think, I, I haven't seen the video, but it looked, it looked like he, he got ahead of himself, you know, instead of, like, catching and then go after the runner. Right. Probably he, you know, took a peek and then he dropped it. But, you know, he'll tell you, you know, that happens, you know, you throw that ball to him, he'll make that catch, so. 
Paxton's, you know, his demeanor is always the same, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. How well does that kind of serve him on a daily basis? <laughs> he's a veteran, and I, I bet, you know, one bad inning is not an obstacle for him. Uh, he's been through a lot, you know, for four years, seems like. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be back, you know, just make adjustments. Uh, they did a good job. You know, in that inning, I uh, kind of like kept grinding the bats, fouling off pitches, and, um, you know, they make some adjustments, and, you know, that's why they did what they did. But, uh, you know, stuff-wise, it was really good. We just, you know, command was off today. Could have figured out something else with Bellinger, maybe? <laughs> I mean, the first pitch, he's one to miss, right? And then uh, he got to a pitch. We tried to go up. Probably we wanted higher than that, and he put a good swing on it. Alex Cora, the manager of the Boston Red Sox, talking today after the 10-4 loss against the Cubs uh, from Chicago. This is a Red Sox review. If you hopped in halfway through that, Cooper Boardman with you. 617-779-7937. Text line at 379-37. You know, as, as I walk through the text line here, we'll get to what Alex Cora said there. And I, I think the uh, the tenor of what he said there is exactly what you should feel as well, which is, yeah, you lost a game today. It's not that big of a deal. And now it's about going back and playing the great baseball that the Red Sox have been playing over the last 10 days. And, you know, the reality is is, is we'll get to it tomorrow and, and we'll see what Cutter Crawford's got as he faces Justin Steele um, in the final game of the series, that is. But, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the texter about playoff, Scott, playoff spot that is in a wild card being a participation trophies I wouldn't go uh, there. I, I would say, you know, the reality is, is this division was – uh, probably not. Probably lost, and I don't really mean this from a Red Sox perspective, but was was pretty much decided. I know the Rays have come back to earth, but over the first thirty-five to forty games of the season, the Rays ran away from everybody. the The Orioles are reeling them in, and the Orioles very well might win that division. You know, at at, at just five games back, or excuse me, two games back, coming into play today. But I think the reality is is that. You know, to be a wild card team at this juncture is absolutely. I mean, you're telling me the Astros can't win a World Series out of the wild card right now. The Rangers, if they end up in the wild card, that they can't end up there. You know, one of those wild card teams is going to get Minnesota, who is 46 and 46 and might win that division without being 500 and have their walk on their way to the American League Championship Series. Uh, you know, a wild card is not a consolation prize at this point. The The playoff pool is too deep. There are too many good teams. And the reality is, is the Red Sox, if they do get in, and, and if they get in, it will, of course, be in a wild card situation, have been phenomenal against teams that are better than them on paper. You know, they're 31 and 25 against opponents over 500. They've played good teams very well all year long. They've dominated the Blue Jays currently in a wild card spot. They've dominated the Yankees, who are the team that they came into the day tied with to try to get back into a playoff spot. And so those are consolation prizes. Ask the Phillies if the wild card was a consolation prize last year. They made it to the World Series. Ask the Nationals two years previous in 2019 if that was worth it out of a wild card spot. You know, uh, the, and they won the World Series. You know, you got to get into the dance, and then we can have a conversation. But the idea that a wild card isn't a postseason spot, isn't important, isn't doesn't do something for your franchise is ridiculous. And you know what? The Red Sox in 2021 are a great example of that, where they were games away from a World Series out of a wild card game, and that has only grown. 
but there are only more good teams than there ever have been. And we've seen that over the course of the last couple of years and the Red Sox right now. I'm not really that interested in a conversation about what matters or what doesn't if we're talking about a wild card spot. It's important, and the Red Sox are absolutely in the thick of it. And they're in the thick of it with a number of very, very good teams as well, at least on paper, between the Orioles, Astros, Blue Jays, Red Sox, Yankees, and Mariners. And it's not to say that those teams, and the Red Sox included, aren't flawed, but it does say that you know you're in this conversation and for the Red Sox to be sitting here now at 49 and 44 on July the 15th I think uh, we we would all take that we all would have signed up for that especially over the course uh, of the last couple of months it's Red Sox review we're live here on WEEI 617-779-7937 617-779-7937 the text line at 37937 for the Red Sox today, James Paxton, uh, you know, again, for the first time all year, this is a good example of it, uh, you know, struggled. Three innings, three hits, six earned, three walks, four strikeouts, 63 pitches, 40-something of those pitches in the third inning after he had a perfect first couple of innings. And, uh, you know, for him, this is – the, the and, and Bradford said something to this effect, and I came on the air saying something like, this can't happen again. Just, you know, the Red Sox are in a situation right now Remember when Chris Sale went down? I was sitting in this chair. We were talking, uh, you know, about kind of the the different guys that, you know, could fill in Chris Sale's role. And you're walking through and you're going through and you're like, all right, well, maybe it's Garrett Whitlock. And, you know, he hasn't been the answer. He's been injured. He's been solid when he's been in there, but he's been hurt and he is not throwing yet with that bone bruise. You know, okay, Nick Pavetta in the bullpen, Cutter Crawford somewhere in between. He's ended up in the rotation. And he got to Brian Bayo. And when I when you say replace Chris Sale, it was kind of like, who is going to be the guy that every five days is going to take the ball and you feel like more often than not you're going to win the game? Well, the Red Sox all of a sudden, more often than not, have gotten two answers to that question. One is Brian Bayo. We saw it last night. And one is James Paxton. And the truth is for the Red Sox is, you know, more often than not, so far this year, when those guys have taken the ball, you've won the games. And today, a night after Bayo did his job, Paxton just couldn't quite find and dial in his command the way that he has early on in his season, early on in what is now a Red Sox tenure that has spanned a couple of months. And right now, it's just about, okay, turn the page, get to tomorrow. And that's what you feel good about, that Cutter Crawford is on the mound tomorrow. You set up three in Oakland. It doesn't feel like... Uh, you know, maybe the few losses in a row against the Pirates uh, or the Cardinals or what we saw before the Red Sox ripped off 9 out of 10 and the struggles that happened in Minnesota uh, or against the White Sox or against the Marlins back at home right before the break. All of that. This doesn't feel like that. And I think that is one of the biggest differences in this team as we set our sights on the second half is to have somebody like Crawford tomorrow that you feel good about taking the ball and moving on from there. So we'll see. Uh, but the Red Sox, again, fall today 10-4 against the Chicago Cubs. The six-game win streak over and a chance to take the series tomorrow once again at Wrigley Field. Uh, Got to hit a break here. We'll come back. We'll, we'll dive into the Paxton thing. Take your text. Take your calls. I see a couple of trade deadline conversations that we'll talk about as well. Uh, 617-779-7937. Text line at 37937. All coming ahead right here on Red Sox Review. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. 
It is Red Sox review. As the Red Sox fall 10-4 against the Cubs, Cooper Boardman back with you. The six-game win streak for the Sox snapped. As the Cubs, uh, 12 hits, again, a day after the Red Sox had six home runs, this offense has been absolutely outstanding. Uh, Really, over the course of the last 10, 15 days, just hit a little bit of a snag. Six total hits after the six home runs last night in the loss. And and really, and I'll get to the text in a second because there's a lot of trade deadline conversation. I know it's July 15th. I know the button and the seats and everything are hot right now. And uh, so I'll get to that. Again, we're taking you up till 6. Uh, 617-779-7937-379-37 on the text line as well. Uh, if you want to get those texts in uh, that, that we're about to get to, I, I just want to talk about James Paxton here. Uh, again, the line, three innings, three hits, six earned, three walks, four strikeouts, four of the six runs come on a grand slam to the hot-hitting Cody Bellinger. Uh, 63 pitches, 39 strikes uh, is the line for Paxton today. And, and the way this unfolded was was interesting where you know he goes two perfect innings in the first and second and did it on 22 pitches, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, 22 pitches. And he gets to the third, and this is how it unfolds. He goes 3-2 on Christopher Morrell. He walks him, the seven-hitter. He hits the eight-hitter. Then he goes 3-2 on another, the nine-hitter. Check swing, walk. That loads the bases. Hard-hit infield single. Then the bad throw. If you're watching the game or listening to the game, you know what I'm talking about. Ground ball the third. Ralphie Devers had to take a step to his right, threw high to the plate. Connor Wong couldn't handle it. Run scores, no out. And then the next batter uh, after that walks, that sets it up for Cody Bellinger. And Cody Bellinger goes deep, hits the grand slam, 106 out of here. And uh, the Red Sox uh, end up really on that swing out of the game. And so, you know, we're talking about a 3-2 walk, a check swing walk, a hit by pitch that just got away. Uh, an infield single, a throw that wasn't very good defensively, all of that leading up to the grand slam. Yeah, you can't walk him. Yeah, you can't hit him. But this was not, and I know it's six runs on his ledger, and it's unfortunate for James Paxton because the the ERA is going to get thoroughly inflated by it up over 3-3-3-4-3-5. It's not really fair. He didn't pitch as badly as the final line implied, but he does give up the grand slam. And it adds up, you know, to, to, to what we saw here today. I think, you know, from fat, from Paxton's perspective, this is a dude that has had such a wonderful success over the course of the year uh, with his four-seam fastball. He was a mile per hour lower than usual. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be some great pitching expert in terms of uh, what that means for James Paxton. Obviously, velocity has been such a big part of what he's done and, you know, we're talking about him coming off of 2018 and 2019. You know, he came back and, and really did a wonderful job of pitching with consistent velocity. And so now the velocity's slightly down, but his strike rate similar, his whiff rate similar. It just, again, added up to a couple of pitches at a couple of tough spots. And uh, it ends up in, in six earned over three innings at a Red Sox loss again, 10-4 today against the Cubs. Cooper Boardman with you. This is Red Sox Review 617-779-7937. Text line at 37937. Uh, Stiz inside the glass. And uh, I believe we got some calls rolling in here. You do, Coop. All right, Stiz, let's do it. Um, all right, we'll just go one by one. We'll hit your calls, and then I'll get to the, t- the trade deadline text uh, over the next five minutes. But we're going rapid fire. 
Uh, we'll start it off. Let's go to Connecticut. We got Mike on the line. Mike, you're on the air in Red Sox Review. Welcome. What's up, Coop? How we doing? Good. I owe you an apology. You were right about Rashida. Yeah. I jumped the gun on him, <laughs> but, you know, he's playing pretty good. But you got to admit, Cooper, Martinez is having a great year. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think you're surprised that I'm surprised. Why don't we go with that? Yeah, but I'll tell you, you know, I pounded him pretty good. Um, I really like Turner at second base. I, I think that I don't know if he's going to play every day. I wish he would, you know. But, Cooper, they got to get a starting pitcher. Because, you know, the Yankees are a different team without judges. They're, they could be right there, but, you know, they gotta they got to be willing to get a starting pitcher. And yeah. home sale comes back. Yeah, I agree. They got a chance. I agree, Mike, and appreciate your call. We're just going fast here. So, you know, I, I, again, I agree with you. Um, you know, Turner at second was very interesting to me, right? Because, you know, we're we're in the middle of this, this uh, guys up the middle, try to figure out exactly what this looks like. Well, if you're in a situation where you can get Turner in the lineup, with some consistency along with story when he comes back. And then you've got the other four to five guys plus Casas. It becomes a very long lineup. And I think about what we're talking about. Uh, I'm thinking about the 2021 team where, so the, the guy who, you know, I'm thinking about the wild card game lineup, right? So that was Kyle Schwarber led it off. Then Kike Hernandez, who I know that that name has changed from 2021 to now, but how hot he was, then Devers, Bogarts, Verdugo, Renfro. That was one through six. That was like scary, right? Those were those were six guys that were genuinely scary when you looked at it. And then you got what you got from seven, eight, nine. Well, the Red Sox are in a situation where you know you pick up the lineup card today: Duran, Yoshida, Turner, Devers, Verdugo, Casas. One through five, very scary. Casas hitting better and better, and then. We're going to get into a situation where, you know, you're looking at, okay, you add Trevor's story to that conversation. You've got seven legitimate guys already right off the bat without anybody getting hot or lucky or anything where you have a long lineup. And so I agree with you. And, I, you know, on the starting pitching deal, of course, we'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, all right. We got a lot of calls here. Not a lot of time to do it. So uh, we'll go quick here. Wally, Fall River. Wally, welcome. You're on the air real quick. Red Sox review. Uh, what's up, Coop? As far as the trade deadline, uh, it's hard to get a young. They want a young pitcher that's controllable, and that's good. That's hard to find, you know. That's like finding a needle in a haystack right now with the way the everybody's looking for pitching. But two guys that intrigue me with San Diego: Blake Snell and Hugh Darvish. And as far as the shortstop and second base, I'd make a shot at, El, at Elvis Andrus. I think he's with the White Sox. You could get him cheap, but. Uh, Tennis, all right, but you want to, you know, you don't know when storage coming back. You have 50 million storage this August, it's this, it's that. But you can get Elvis cheap, and uh, maybe I look into Hugh Davish and Blake Snell with San Diego, what they'd want for them, too. Yeah, it sounds good. Well, I appreciate your call again. We're going fast here, taking you up till 6 p.m., so I'll, I'll just answer that real quick. You know, I, I, I just wonder, like, is San Diego going to sell at four under with, with that log jam? I mean, you know, I, I, I could see a world where they would, but I, I, I think really from my perspective on the middle infield deal is there are so many guys, Trevor Story is going to, they're going to have an answer on when he goes on rehab on Tuesday. So on Tuesday, we're going to know when Trevor Story is going to play in a game. I don't think that's so much of an unknown as it was maybe a week or two ago. So 
if that's the case, you've got that along with the other four or five guys you got to make decisions on playing second base. Turner showing the ability to play a decent second base. I mean, he said it. He's played more at second base there in his entire career than he's played anywhere else. And so now if we're talking about a situation where Story's at short and Turner's at second, Devers at third, Casas at first, and then you have the outfield that you have right now, I don't know. That might be my answer right there instead of tra- you know spending trade resources on a guy up the middle, if that makes sense. Well, I appreciate your call. Um, we'll keep on rolling. I've got Bob and Bobby here. You want to go, Stiz, you want to go Bob first? Yeah, let's go Bob. All right, we'll go Bob. Bob in New Bedford. You're quick here, but uh, you were live on Red Sox Review. This concept about openers has got to go. (laughs) Why can't Brandon Walter and Chris Murphy be your starters? Hello? Well, Bob, and I, I, again. Well, Well, I mean, what is the problem? Well, first of all, you know, we didn't have one today, but uh, just to the idea is, and again, this is the idea. I'm just telling you the philosophy behind it is you've got a guy like, you know, Walter or Murphy or whoever, who you don't want to go five, six, seven innings. You don't want to see them go because when they get, and these are guys that are two good examples of it, but in general, but if they get to a third time through the order, their numbers dip exponentially. They really struggle. Is that the case in Worcester? Say that again? Was that the case in Worcester? Yeah, that's been the case for them, for most pitchers, for just about every single pitcher at a AAA and a major league level. And so... Well, Bayo made it. Bayo made uh, Dude, I, you tell me, you watch Brian Bayo, do you think he's like any other pitcher? I'm just saying it was, there was no problem in the past bringing up these guys like Clay Buckholz and Lester and all them and putting them in the rotation. Why go with these openers? Well, you, these guys, and Bob, I appreciate your call, and I, I'm sorry. I would love to have this conversation for much longer right up against it here up until 6. So uh, I'll be back over the course of the week. So if you want to have a long conversation about it, I'm, I would love to have it with you. Um, you know, the, the thought is is – we have more information to tell us that these guys are not, you know, five, six, seven inning guys. The guys that are five, six, seven inning guys are, right? We're talking about Brian Bale. We're talking about Cutter Crawford. Um, you know, Josh Winkowski, maybe, perhaps. You know, these guys that can go a long period of time and go five, six, seven innings consistently. But the reality is, is the Red Sox have not, or, or would rather have a guy like Chris Murphy or Brandon Walter go three or four innings, have them throw two to three miles per hour harder with their fastball and get them out and get the next guy in. And they think they can have more success that way. And I'll tell you what, the numbers bear it out. They have Chris Murphy's numbers versus being a starter at the AAA level and a reliever at the big league level is a gigantic difference. This is a guy that wanted to be a reliever. This is a guy that has done a great job as a reliever and done it in shorter stints and had success. So if you can kind of puzzle it together the way that they have, why wouldn't you do that? And and then over the course of a career, stretch them out as they've done with Garrett Whitlock. That's the short answer. Again, Bob, I, I, I'm so sorry to cut you off. I just I would love to have the conversation for longer. Uh, so let's do that at some point. And uh, you can tweet at me too, Cooper K. Boardman. Uh, do we have time for one more? Is that it? I think you if, you, if he can get in in 30 All seconds, right. got to be right. quick. We're going fast. Bobby, Rhode Island, you got you got 20 seconds. I'm sorry, but go. Get rid of Enrique Hernandez. Get rid of him. Get him out of there. I don't want to see him at shortstop again. All right, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, baby. You know, I, again, I, that this is all going to unfold over the next couple of weeks. And, and what Alex Cora said yesterday is dead on. 
is that this team, it, it, it's a good problem to have. They're going to have to choose when Story comes back. We'll see. Uh, but, uh, man, only time will tell. That was fun. I can't breathe. Last couple of seconds there. Uh, that's it for us today. I'm back with you tomorrow. 120 Mass Mutual Red Sox pregame show. Big thanks to Stiz Cooper Boardman saying see ya. It's been Red Sox Review on WEEI.